Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone tuning in from many different parts of the world. Let's allow some time for more folks to come into the room. And in the meantime, as always, let me catch you up on the top NFT news that made headlines this past week. If you love coffee and you're obsessed with NFTs, Polygon has got your back. Starbucks, which previously announced their intention to web 3 their famous loyalty program, has partnered with Polygon to breathe life into the Starbucks Odyssey program. Companies NFTs, aka Journey Stamps, will be available to earn or buy. So, bottoms up. If you needed another excuse to drink coffee, there you go. Continuing this trend of big brands venturing into NFTs, Lamborghini is back for more and is set to launch another NFT campaign, the second collection of Epic Road Trip. Monthly NFT drops will take place until March 2023. And this seems to be just the beginning because according to the company's marketing director, Christian Mastro, NFTs are as important as any of Lamborghini's other licensing endeavors. So expect to see more from them. And what made Japan lose face when the country's minister of cybersecurity announced that he had never used a computer before, they are making up for with NFTs. Tech-savvy Japanese mayors have been awarded NFTs for their efforts to accelerate the digital economy as part of this general national push towards NFTs that they seem to have got going on. These digital certificates of achievement leveraged proof-of-attendance protocol tech, signaling a growing trend in NFT use cases for events. And with that, I see the audience is filling out the space, so let's get going. Hey Web3 world, this is Natya Besta from Adlunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers we'll be speaking to each week. Adlunum is the only idea launchpad that rewards attention with allocation, our Engage to Earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles, NFT allocation fractionalization, and our one-of-a-kind proof-of-attention allocation mechanism. You can catch the future of NFTs live on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday, and do subscribe to us on your podcast streaming platform of choice to tune in for any episode you miss out on. Our sister's show, Diving Into Crypto, is live every Thursday, same time, same place. So join us for both shows as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry. Now, on to today, when you think of NFTs, the word community is likely not very far behind. It was a rapidly growing global community that set NFTs ablaze in 2020, and even as Late into the game as this year during crypto winter, when much of Web3 has been tucked away behind closed doors, many NFT communities are still going strong. 
So to help us better understand the whys and the hows of the role of community in NFTs, we are joined today by Galen Hogg. I'm hoping that I'm saying your name correct, Galen. Uh, dialing in all the you, way you got it, Canada. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so Galen <laughs> is co-founder at NFTO, Toronto's first community-driven NFT social club. So Galen, how is the weather up north this morning? Uh, it's a little brisk this morning, and I was locked out of my coffee shop for about 10 minutes while I think someone was using the washroom, so I really got to sit out there and appreciate the cold. September is uh, is, is really striking hard up here. I, I'm starting to feel the same. Today, I was seeking out the sun instead of hiding from it, but I think the bigger travesty is not being able to get coffee for 10 minutes, no matter what the weather is like. So... Apart from, yeah, especially that, especially that. <laughs> apart from Galen's passion for promoting and supporting the NFT community, he's also a product designer, an NFT artist, and an all-around <clears throat> Web3 enthusiast. He started his crypto life as a casual trader back in 2015. So let's find out how his journey to NFTs came about. And if you'd like to shoot him a question, put in a speaker request once I open the room for questions <clears throat> later on. Or you can always DM your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum INC. So with that, Galen, give us the lowdown on your background and what drove you to get into NFTs. When and why did this switch flip for you? Um, so my background is uh, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur, um, but uh, also very arts focused. I was a musician for 12 years, semi-professionally. I went to art school, so I've, I've dabbled in the visual and audio arts, but um, always kind of looking for the next opportunity. So I started a few really bad businesses, not bad because they weren't profitable, but bad because I did them for the, the wrong reason, which is just sitting and waiting in the wings for some kind of opportunity that I could use tech for or something that I could, uh, some gap that I could fill in, in any kind of business. So <laughs> my first business was called Ecofile and it was basically to digitize businesses, make them paperless. And I was pretty successful. Um, and I mean, like marginally successful, not, not very successful, but, um, I kept finding myself entering these really boring businesses. Now, if you think about what you're doing when you're digitizing, you're sitting around scanning documents and then scanning through, uh, you know, metadata to make sure that everything's okay. And so I'm really happy I ended up in the NFT space. Finally found something that I really enjoy. Uh, um, like, like most people, I just started my NFT journey just by Googling what is an NFT. I actually resisted it for a very long time. I was kind of like, no, no, trading JPEGs. No, it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to look this up. And then I looked it up and I fell in love with the technology almost instantly. Like I probably bought an NFT the, the same night I Googled it. Um, and I was in a Discord chatting with people that same night. So kind of uh, wish I got in earlier. Probably would have had a, some better opportunities in the space. But um, yeah, I came for the technology and then almost instantly fell in love with the culture and the community aspect of NFTs. So um, now we've got NFTO and obviously I've never looked back. So 
pretty happy about it. Yeah, awesome. I love your line about you came for the tech and you fell in love with the culture. And I think for a lot of people, it's the other way around where as artists, they fall in love with the culture or as people who generally love art or whatever the use case is for NFTs that bring people into it, which up until now, of course, has been art mostly. So it's either that you come for the tech and you like the community or you like the community and you end up falling in love with the tech. So it's yeah, very poetic sort of vice versa relationship that we have with this space. Um, yeah, so, as long as you get there, I think that's the important part. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, as you say, it's very early on. So even though there are these so-called missed opportunities, I mean, broadly speaking, it is still very, very early on. So whatever it is that you bound that you want to get, you're bound to get it. Right? It's just all about intention and what is it that you are trying to get out of being in this space. So yes, today, absolutely. We are all about NFT communities, of course, being the topic. And you are officially our first local community showcase. So double awesome. Um, all let's right. Let's into it. Tell us how the NFT community in Canada is coming along. Um, I mean, I can only speak to the NFT community in Canada, but uh, you do get a little bit of a window in discords and on Twitter as to what the other communities are like. And I do think we have something very unique um, and in the way that everything that everybody kind of brags about, like wag me culture, um, of their community or, you know, how supportive everybody is, um, I find that there's always a, like a bit of a weak link in there. And, and there is a little bit of, you know, kind of competitiveness and some kind of, you know, you know, every once in a while it breaks down. And maybe we'll bump into that at some point in Toronto. But um, so far, I've just been so surprised by everybody in our community being actually genuinely supportive. We have people in our chats and at our events who are literally doing the same thing. And there's no myth of scarcity. Um, if two people are building an NFT marketplace, uh, you'll see them helping each other out, you know, talking about their, their wins and fails and, you know, borrowing code and going back and forth and borrowing ideas and, and just genuinely sharing and building and creating together. And maybe that's because we're an IRL community for the most part. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's just the most surprising part that you can have all these people doing the same thing. And nobody is getting competitive. Everyone's kind of supporting each other. I've never really bumped into something that's genuinely like that and not just people saying it's like that. So I think Toronto has a very, very unique kind of NFT community culture out here. And as we build our community and do our events and get kind of bigger and bigger, I'm really hoping that, you know, the world will start coming here as an NFT hub. You know, much like NFT NYC or Berlin or any of those festivals and really gets to see the homegrown NFT culture and community in Toronto because it's it's really something special. Yeah, I'm so glad you touched on this absence of a scarcity mentality. I spoke in, I think it was an episode that I did with Diving Into Crypto where I spoke about an experience that I had in Istanbul, Turkey, 
uh, we sponsored an event with Algorand, which was an NFT uh, art sort of launch event. And I had a similar experience there in the sense that all of the artists that I spoke to, they were not telling me about their own work, but they were telling me about other people's work. And I was just so incredibly impressed by this collaborative culture that goes beyond, you know, our sort of startup idea of collaboration is, oh, let's get together, let's see how we can build something that benefits us both. But really this culture of just celebrating people for what they are doing and if there are any synergies between us, let's really support each other, let's help each other go forward. I think this is something that when I came into Web3, you know, the crypto space years ago, there was this culture back then that I feel has been diluted. But at the same time, in NFTs, you really see this come to the fore. And it's just so incredible. Um, I, I would love to touch a little bit later on in the show on this idea of the difference between an NFT community in real life versus one that only exists on Discord or Twitter. But generally speaking, I think, yeah, this collaborative culture versus competitive culture is something that we see very, very strongly come to the fore in NFTs. Although, as you say, you can also start seeing the uh, competitive culture come out in NFTs as well, because, of course, we are all just humans. So at some point, uh, yeah, it's easy for that scarcity mentality to, to show up, right? Um, yeah, I think I just want to uh, add on to that. I think one of the reasons in uh, NFT culture and that will you know vary from crypto culture in general is that NFT culture really does seem to be a counterculture. And you know if you've ever been skateboarding or been in a mosh pit or been in a rap battle or you know rope graffiti, and you know if you fall down in that mosh pit, someone picks you up. If you can't do an ollie, there will be a pro skater right next to you that will sit there and teach you. Um, countercultures generally are quite su supportive. And I've, I've said this a few times, I feel like NFTs are kind of like the rock stars of crypto. When when we're having events, people will be coming, you know, at a, at a conference coming from a DeFi party to one of our parties and they'll be like, wow, you know, this party's so much more live. This is, this is such a good time. And it's not, we're not doing anything different than the DeFi party where we've got music, we've got alcohol, we've got a place to chat, but uh, the people, you know, cr crypto is fun, but NFTs are really fun. The people are making the party. And, and I think that, that countercultures in general tend to be supportive right from the get go. So I, I think that's kind of probably why even in most, like even in bigger NFT communities, you get that kind of support. Yeah, I think this idea of counterculture, which of course crypto originally originated from a type of counterculture, but by now it's so institutionalized that the next iteration needs to come to the fore and the next sort of generation of rock stars need to do something. And yeah, it's great that we have NFTs as this really a drawing board where there's so many different avenues that you can go from here, whether it's art or music or business use cases, there's so much utility behind this technology but the idea being really that I think we had uh, we had someone on last week, uh, Mal Shapcott, an artist, who spoke about this idea that it really is, you know, this canvas, uh, not only for an artist, but as any person wanting to build something, here is this blank canvas that you can just 
express whatever your vision is and make it into reality. Because the technology is so nascent, that there's just so many possibilities for uh, for it to go in whichever direction you want it to go in. So, yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time. <laughs> and yeah, how lucky we are to be here right now. So audience, yeah, pat yourself on the back. I'm doing the same. Um, so speaking <clears throat> of community, you know, we have Web3 as a whole, but especially NFTs that are so synonymous with community. But why is that? I mean... Why do we have this community concept as a vehicle that drives the technology forward? Um, and why is it so crucial for the success or is it crucial for the success of a collection or the technology to have these very, very supportive sort of close-knit communities? Uh, yeah, I think it is crucial for the success. Your community has to be strong if your project is going to go well. And that's for a, a few reasons. If you, I mean, I don't know if, I, sorry, if, I don't know if everyone's heard this, but over and over again, I've heard that traditional marketing, marketing doesn't work in uh, Web3. And you can think of a few obvious reasons for that. You know, you can't really target a Google ad to someone who has a crypto wallet. You know, only advertise to people with crypto wallets is not an option on Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. So that's like, right off the hop, an obvious reason why you can't kind of do traditional marketing, marketing in Web3 spaces. But another aspect of this is if you think about some of the, the most successful kind of um, NFT projects, like if you think of like Board Ape Yacht Club or uh, the Punks, like their biggest, still to this day, their biggest reason to have one of those is to get access to the community. So roadmap all the way to the end, those things that those projects are still strong because when you look over um, on Twitter and you see an ape and you have an ape, that conversation can start almost immediately. And all of a sudden you're talking to some of the, you know, wealthier, more powerful people in the room. And that can be, kind of trace down to any successful, even on the lower end, um, like DGen play projects. If you go into those discords, those people are in the discord every day. They're not running around, you know, in the, the metaverse yet. They're just sitting in the discord and they're talking and, you know, talking about other projects and really becoming friends. And I think, the NFT bubble was a great example of why community is so important when everybody was trapped inside their houses um, because of COVID. I was, I was living in discord, you know, it, it was, it, you, you can, you can talk about the roadmap all you want, but the community has to be there because the roadmaps, you know, are often not as exciting as the people in the community. Yeah, I think, exactly what you highlighted about this concept of traditional marketing, not only not working in crypto or in Web3 for these logistical limitations, but also really because it's this top-down approach that, of course, in NFTs is flipped on its head completely because an NFT collection without an active community is, I mean, something that no, no one ever hears about or sees. And this idea that COVID for sure accelerated this connection in between the community members in the NFT space. 
But it's so much more, I think, than just keeping that boredom at bay or keeping the loneliness at bay when we were all stuck inside. Because as you say, it then forms this loyal community where people are actively engaged, where they are establishing friendships, where they create this new sort of communal culture between themselves, whether this is a global community or whether this is more local, as is the case uh, with NFTO. So you have been associated with community groups like Board Ape Yacht Club Canada, Crypto Chicks. Are there more associations planned? And what does community level or community involvement at this level uh, typically bring, bring to the table for a local community? Um, so for, for most of the, the, uh, connections we've had with, yeah, like board club Canada or crypto chicks, um, they've just kind of started because we were the only ones doing, uh, IRL events at the time. And then, uh, once we got a little bit of steam, you know, Toronto is, is a, a, a crypto hub that's just slowly starting to be, uh, to be realized like that. And, and these kind of connections just happen naturally. Like these synergies, you know, were never forced or anything. It was just kind of like with Board Club Canada, um, the president who's a member of ours came up, um, shout out to Prince, um, Prince NFT on Twitter. Yeah. And he said, let's, let's do a party on the Island. So we just got a bunch of people together, got some, uh, a little bit of sponsorship money, got a bunch of food and some alcohol and, and just went and had a bonfire on the beach and, and that's kind of the natural stuff that just happens. And we get that, we get that a lot in our community as well. People will say, Hey, I want to throw a beach party or let's like have a little party in the park. Um, can I throw it? And can I use the NFT, uh, the NFTO logo? And we said, yeah, of course, go throw a party. So those things happen naturally. And my business partner, uh, Nisreen, the uh, NFTO co-founder actually made the connection to crypto chicks because uh, Nisreen has kind of got her ear to the ground everywhere. And luckily, I think um, one of her mentors or someone that she strongly looks up to and works with happened to be in CryptoChicks. And, and that kind of relationship was, I was just blown away when I bumped into CryptoChicks. <laughs> that organization is insane. They've got, I don't know, 50 plus chapters all over the world. And every time I bump into one of their, um, whether it's a founding member or just a very active member, I kind of, <laughs> my eyes roll back into my head, just trying to think of how busy and how successful they all are. So that, uh, I'll stop gushing about crypto chicks. So I, do we have anything planned? Back to the question, to have more synergies? I mean, of course, but we are letting these things happen naturally. We're not really seeking out any commu communities. Um, luckily, still kind of active enough that we're still being just found by them, so. Yeah, I think, you know, this idea of just going with the flow and letting things happen naturally and aligning yourself just as a community support organization of sorts in this space that is flourishing as a, as you know, Toronto as a crypto hub, it really speaks to this collaborative culture and the possibilities of Web3 and the NFT community where opportunities really come your way quite easily as soon as you get plugged in. Um, and the more that you, you know, the more that you plug in and the longer that you stay plugged in, it 
things that before would have blown your mind in terms of connections that you make, in terms of opportunities that you get and the kind of stuff that you get to work on and to help build and to help support, these things become second nature in this community that uh, it's not as possible because of all the gatekeepers in other industries and in other more mature markets. But here it really is the six degrees of separation, I think, are not even six, maybe two, three at most. Uh, so it's a really fantastic space to be in, in that sense. Yeah, being a first mover in, a, in any space is fun. But um, in, a, in a tech space, that's also an art space that's also as creative as the NFT space, getting access to all the brilliant minds in this space is just, I mean, I'm sometimes I'm beside myself after a full day of, of meetings where, whereas meetings in my day job can be quite, um, you know, quite draining. I, I'm someone who personally just benefits from sitting down and, and, you know, I get really energized by being productive and doing a lot of work and meetings can be quite draining. On the flip side, when we're meeting people in our community or learning about a new product in the NFT space, um, I find myself not doing the, you know, 15 minute time limit, or I will do the 15 minute time limit with, with a new meeting and then end up talking for two hours. It's just such a fascinating space to be involved in. And, and you're right. Like it's, it's an absolute privilege to kind of just have these things fall in your lap. And I, and I know that we provide that service for other people when they all meet each other, that there's so many brilliant people in the room that uh, you're always going to learn something. Yeah, so I want to jump on that a little bit, this idea of in real life communities versus the online version that we have become so accustomed to. Because I think this Web3 industry that we are in, it's deliciously borderless. But as humans, of course, nothing can replace real life connections yet. Anyway, let's see what the metaverse comes up with. Um, so what is the importance of local community building in NFTs? And can you give us some best practices for folks wanting to organize an NFT meetup or a club, but not knowing quite where to start? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like to just point out um, our story. So Nisreen and I, um, we met at a art show kind of vibe, NFT party, um, COVID was just starting to clear up and or at least the restrictions were starting to clear up and we met at this party and it just felt so cool to be talking to people in real life about our passions you know it's for a lot of us it's hard to talk about nfts or crypto without your you know girlfriend or boyfriend or partner you know punching you in the, in the forehead or rolling their eyes um it's really great to get out there so we just said hey we we should do this. We should throw, why isn't there more stuff like this going on? So we did our first meetup on meetup.com and, and to anybody starting, um, I think meetup.com is a really, really good place to start because they have a huge user base and people will find your event. And I think our first event, eight people showed up and we were like, okay, all right. You know, not bad. Met some cool people. But uh, let's let's go a little bigger. So we, you know, tried to spread the word, and we we rented out a, a room at a bar for thirty people, and near a hundred people probably showed up, and it was kind of spilling out onto the streets, and the bar was overwhelmed, and uh, it was awesome. And that's that's my advice right there. Just do it if you want to start a meetup, um, especially in the NFT space. 
you can just, yeah, start one on meetup.com or whatever, you know, just spread the word on Twitter, do whatever you got to do. But even if there's already established groups in your area, um, I think you'll find this space quite supportive. So again, just like one of the, my favorite parts about the NFT space and communities in general, everyone being supportive, we have groups that uh, are doing the exact same thing as we are in Toronto. And our communities spill over and we meet with the founders of all the groups probably once a month, maybe a couple times more a month. And we all go to each other's events and we all support each other. So, you know, if in this space, if you wanted to do something like this, just start a meetup.com group or something and, and just kind of go for it because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what kind of project you'll get into or what kind of attention you get on your project or, you know, a, a new collection a new application of NFT technologies that you kind of might bump into. There's, there's all sorts of just amazing things that happens every time you kind of meet up in, in real life. So just, just start it would be my advice. Yeah, that's awesome advice because I think as with anything, it's, but especially in this space, if you just take a leap forward, not knowing where you're going to land, um, I think we are so early in the space and things are so supportive and collaborative that there's almost no chance of failure, whatever, you know, your definition of failure would be. Because as you say, um, crypto talk doesn't make for very interesting pillow talk. So rest assured, there will always be people out there wanting to speak to you. If it's not your partner or your family, it will be someone else. Absolutely. So I want to get a little more meta. In your opinion, what do you think, what are the future of NFTs and how is it going to evolve from this current market pulse that we have been seeing? Um, I think the future of NFTs is uh, just JPEGs. No, no, I, don't, I think it's going to die. The, the culture is going to die. No, I'm just playing. Um, it's kind of... The future of NFTs is is kind of like the sky's the limit scenario for me. Um, like I said, when I kind of discovered what an NFT was, I didn't immediately fall in love with the culture um, until I kind of joined a, a, a few communities, which to be fair, wasn't that far after I learned what an NFT was, but um, immediately fell in love with the tech. So I personally like anything in tech that's going to make things more efficient and cut out middlemen and nfts are absolutely going to do that and probably i honestly can't think of an industry that won't be touched by this um you know if it's your if it's your car deed or it's a, a legal agreement you can kind of cut out a lot of people and definitely a financial agreement if uh, a contract is an nft we all can see the the applications of just everybody getting paid to, you know, via the contract and then it not being compromised because it's immutable, no need for legal. You know, if that was the contract, that will always be the contract um, until, you know, maybe you get some lawyers to renegotiate a contract. But we, we see it happening with Starbucks. It's going to happen with Nike. If it already has, and it probably has. Um, the, the future of how people interact with their consumer base and how consumers interact with the major brands. I think we're going to see that probably almost immediately. If you think about 
um, major record labels. Uh, I do come from the music industry. If you think about major record labels wanting to engage with their fans, well, if somebody buys a ticket off of Ticketmaster and then the next time they buy it off of a scalper or the next time they buy it um, off of a different company or buy it directly from a band's website, there's really no way to track what's going on there. So how do you, how do you first of all, find out who your loyal people are so you can market toward them? And how do you reward them to keep them engaged? If the ticket is an NFT or if every pair of Nike shoes comes with an NFT, you can access, you can basically find out who has you know bought the most Nikes or who bought the most tickets and you can go out there and reward them and you can market to them. And for on the flip side, if, you know, 50 Nike NFT receipts starts to get you free discounts on shoes. And then you're like, well, I'm a 40 year old businessman. I'm not wearing a uh, businessman or woman. I'm not wearing Nikes anymore. What am I going to do? I'm going to turn around and I'm going to sell all those NFTs on the secondary market to give somebody else that privilege. And Nike won't care because anybody who went out and bought 50 NFTs because they like Nikes that much is somebody that we should market to anyway. So definitely going to see <clears throat> all sorts of kind of clever interactions happening from major brands. I think that'll be the next step, but just anything that's a contract will be an NFT in the future. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, that's a nice summary. Um, I think this idea that NFTs, as you said in the beginning, are it's only JPEG. Um, this is a very limiting way of looking at things because if you don't see the future of NFTs beyond just the art or just the, J J the JPEGs, it really just means you don't understand the possibilities of the technology because it's really going to affect, as you say, every single industry based on the utility and the possibilities that it brings. And as you highlighted, it's more about making things efficient, about cutting out middlemen. And these are the, the this is the lingo that businesses understand. So we are already seeing all of these major brands coming into the NFT space. Uh, and a lot of it is these consumer-focused marketing efforts. But at the same time, you know, where big brands trade, I mean, that's where the little guys are going to follow as well. Um, and this is only coming from a traditional business background. Of course, we have so many Web3 startups already focusing on uh, many different integrations of NFTs into their companies. So what do you reckon is hindering progress or mass adoption of NFTs at this point? I mean, I hate to say FUD, but it's, it's FUD. <laughs> if you just look at the way kind of um, the media just depicts anything crypto, you know, you, you read these Bloomberg articles and these Forbes articles in one breath, kind of just trashing everything and highlighting how, you know, this huge, rich, famous business person said it's all going to go away. And then, unfortunately, two seconds later, unfortunately for them, you read a paid kind of ad placement by an, a Web3 company on, their, on the same publication. So I really just think it's at this point, you know, Blockchain technology obviously is going nowhere. NFTs are going nowhere. Um, Walmart uses blockchain for their uh, supply chain kind of 
uh, solved a lot of issues with that. And, you know, the financial institution is starting to come around and NFTs are kind of, you know, trailing behind as they, as they should be, I think, because it's just the natural order of things. But what's hurting mass adoption, it's kind of like mass adoption of, of what? It's of, you know, trading JPEGs. I think that's probably scams and, you know, the FUD that comes from scams. But generally just, I think it's just doing the crypto thing. People are afraid of it and uh, it's just going to take a while. You know, I, the articles don't seem to be scaring anybody off that I know. But um, when I talk to a friend, they're kind of like, oh, aren't NFTs all a scam? Well, when, when that starts to dissipate, when it becomes a little more commonplace, I think it'll just naturally grow. But that's probably what's holding it back the most, I think. It reminds me of the time when Bitcoin was just a huge scam and everyone who heard about had heard about Bitcoin knew it for only one thing. It's used for criminal intent by the worst of people in society. So definitely this concept of the media being very schizophrenic when it comes to Web3 and NFTs, because exactly as you say, you can read one publication and one article talks about how really bad this is and doom and gloom for society and the world as a whole. And then even on the same publication, you'll have a different article, sometimes quoting the same person a few months apart, talking about how lovely this technology is and the possibilities are endless. So yeah, definitely when it comes to the media, as with any industry and any topic, it's probably not your friend. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, we I believe we will see a time when... Um, NFTs won't have this sort of cloak of shame and blame uh, around around it like we had with Bitcoin. So now yeah. I have a final question before I'm going to open it up for questions. And I see we have a whole list of questions waiting for you already. Uh, awesome. So if you are in the community and you would like to go ahead and ask Galen a question, please put in a speaker request or you can also DM your uh, question to the Adlunum Twitter handle. So Galen, final question. What is your philosophy about Web3 technologies like crypto and NFTs changing lives? Um, I think my, I mean, you can obviously buy some kind of altcoin or ape into some NFT project and change your life financially. But um, that's definitely an American dream kind of version of what people think of with uh, Web3 and crypto changing lives. And I definitely think it's a different kind of life-changing opportunity. Um, we're, we are all early, whether you, you like it or, or not, whether you're tired of hearing that or not. And if you think about the businesses and the opportunities that are kind of just waiting for us right now, if you're in this space and you have the ambitions to kind of either change your career in this space, maybe get some equity in a, in a new startup or have a startup yourself in the Web3 space, you kind of, I think that we're kind of at that, almost like that dot-com not the dot-com bubble necessarily, but like the beginning of the internet or we're at the, I heard somebody talking about it the other day. It was like, and he was comparing it to um, the, the kind of oil revolution. We are definitely at the, the, the precipice of a revolution right now. It's, it's 
the best place to be. And I think that will change lives. If you're just here and you're working, I think a lot of lives and a lot of fortunes are going to be made and, and a lot of independence, you know, starting your own company can be life changing. So there's just so much opportunity here to grow. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to, I, so my philosophy is, yeah, it's absolutely going to change lives financially for sure. But um, you know, being, being part of a new tech is, is going to be life changing. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. I think it doesn't matter what your definition of changing your life is like. If you are in the space, the opportunities are just so much bigger for you to take those next steps uh, in a way that's not nearly as difficult as it would be in other industries because especially in this early stage that we are in, people who are hungry for what's next. And I think, you know, just linking it back to what you said at the beginning of being a serial entrepreneur and looking for gaps in the market. If this is the kind of mindset you have, um, whether it's business related, whether it's, you know, furthering your career, whether it's really just being part of something bigger than yourself, uh, this really- uh, I cannot hear. I'm trying to see if I- Can I get a reaction from someone if you guys can hear me? Maybe okay, I'm... sorry, I, I, I missed you, but I'm sure everybody else heard you. I can. Probably okay, fill in the okay. blanks. I, I can hear you again. <laughs> Great. Good to know. So, Galen, it has been awesome getting your insights on NFT community building right from the trenches. So, I see there is a whole list of questions waiting for us. I am going to give the audience what they want. So, let me get to the first one. Um, how do you explain blockchain technology or NFTs to someone who doesn't understand it? And I imagine this is probably something that in your community you might be faced with as well as exactly like you say, people say, oh, but isn't this just a scam? So how do you easily explain to people exactly what this is? I mean, if, if, if I have to explain blockchain right off the bat, I... We'll try to look around the room and have somebody else do it for me because then then we're really behind. <laughs> but uh, if it's just, um, you know, explaining what an NFT is, I think it's important to definitely, you know, touch down on the tech. So you're not just saying, you know, it's a, it's a digital art piece of art and you're, you know, you're, you're trading it. Um, it's a bit of a cop-out to say. So I think practice kind of, explaining in a very, very point form, I would just say, you know, I don't have a, an elevator speech when it comes to that, but I would say it's a tokenized contract with, you know, that was popularized by attaching a digital piece of art. And that gives a lot more control um, to that digital asset because of the contract. And then I'll say in the, in the way of a piece of art, Think of Picasso, what Picasso sold his first um, painting for, you know, maybe it was nothing. And then as Picasso's, <laughs> I shouldn't use Picasso, I have no idea about if he was popular before he died. As Picasso grew and got more famous, that piece of art was sold for millions of dollars later and Picasso never saw that. So with the benefit of an NFT, in the case of an artist, the artist could put in the contract that they get a commission on every sale. So as their popularity grows, they can still benefit from their popularity growing from that original piece of art. So a little story 
I mean, <laughs> that was just ad living and that story wasn't great. So you'll have to forgive me on that one. But um, a little story usually helps people understand. And even if they still don't understand that it's a tokenized contract, if I told that story a little bit better and I was a little more concise, um, you could at least show somebody the benefit of an NFT rather than just saying like, you know, watching their eyes glaze over as you really get into the tech or watching their eyes glaze over if you leap into, you know, Discord and other sorts, other, other parts of like an NFT community. But if you have a little story, keep it nice and concise and you can get people going, oh, that that's a really cool benefit of NFTs. You can probably get away with not getting really far into it and they, they'll probably do some research on their own after. That's that's just what I find has worked so far. But, um, you know, in any business, you can learn the importance of story storytelling. So I think that's the best approach. But correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Well, Galen, I have to say, I don't know about explaining blockchain technology, but you sound like the kind of guy that I would look to if someone asked me what an NFT is, because that was a really great explanation. I think especially, as you say, using the storytelling approach and really just making it relatable for people because there's such a nebulous uh, approach that people have to this technology in the sense, oh, I'm just way over my head and I don't understand the thing. Uh, but when people really try to understand it based on an explanation that is more linked to the real world, I think it's it, it's not as difficult as they imagine it to be. So on to the next question. Uh, let me see where to look for NFT communities. So I don't know if it's in real life or online, but what are your what's your advice on wh where to find uh, good NFT communities? Um, I think if you want to go, if we're talking about online, I think uh, Twitter is a great place to start um, going into Twitter spaces and you'll hear people from diff um, different communities talking to each other and you kind of get a vibe right off the bat, um, which, which community is cool or, or, you know, especially when there's a, like a, a bit of a heated debate or something, you can really kind of grasp oh yeah this this guy sounds cool he's from this community you scroll down and you know maybe it's a, a bear pfp and you see all these bear pfps and they're all kind of being supportive that might be a good indication that you might want to go and check out this bear pfp community um in real life i'd say just check the you know meetups and the event brights and uh as you start to do both of these things more and more you will all you'll find kind of pretty quickly that your ears to the ground so if a little bit of consistency if you haven't found a community that you fit into a little bit of consistency on the twitter spaces um definitely sign up for any kind of crypto or nft newsletters that uh you like the writing on and uh you'll find like within a couple of days you'll already feel like you have your ear to the ground it's it's kind of crazy how how quickly your uh your ideas expand on on which communities are great and and how to find them just just uh like like starting a group you just got to get out there and try i have another add-on question from another person how to evaluate an nft community before you join do you need to buy an nft to participate um typically no you don't need to buy an nft before you participate so if we're talking about, you know, a PFP project, um, you can definitely go into their Discord. You can, 
you know, go to their Twitter spaces, raise your hand, say something. Um, so owning an NFT, even in a well-established community, usually only gates a certain room in a Discord. So you don't have to own the NFT to jump into the, the, the general chat and kind of get a, get a vibe from everybody. And as far as evaluating a community, it's all personal preference. If, uh, you know, the roadmap is very technical and, and you want to learn about that and you go in and everybody's kind of helping each other or teaching each other, then, yeah, that might be something that you're into. But if you just want, you know, to trade cat gifts back and forth, well, you know, find a community like that. So that'll all be personal preference. Yeah, there can never be too many communities exchanging cat gifts. Uh, so yeah, I have exactly. another question related to communities. Let me quickly see here. So uh, what are the best communities, NFT communities today? Or where are the best NFT communities? Toronto. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Again, going back to that best will mean something different to everybody. It's not an, a, an objective kind of pursuit is finding a good community because good yeah is not objective so i i think toronto's got the best but it's a pretty big world out there and and as we expand at nfto i, I kind of I'm, I'm really looking forward to you know jumping into other cities and and having those irl meetups with other other communities so i can kind of get a vibe of what they're all about but um yeah it's just not objective i i think Right now, we're in a great place where you can get access to thousands of communities and kind of decide for yourself. Yeah, Galen, so on that note about expanding your communication with other people, I have a very funny question here that I think a lot of us can relate to. I live in a small town and no one has ever heard of NFTs. How to start without looking stupid? So maybe that's one of your first external to Toronto uh, communications that you can have with Someone really looking to start, but at the same time feeling like there's just no one around. So how to, I presume, how to start an in-real-life community. Yeah, so that would be harder in a small town. I can, I can feel your pain on that one. Um, we actually had one of, one of our members, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, she's a, a really fantastic artist that goes by the name of uh, Marvelous Darling. She lives about three hours, I think, outside of Toronto. And... Uh, she came to one of our events and drove the three hours, maybe it's even more than that, to set up uh, a little booth with us and, and kind of show her art. And then we were at uh, a major crypto conference, um, Futurist conference in Toronto, and she approached me and said, just taking that one leap and coming here to um, to our event was life-changing. And I, it's like little moments like that where I kind of almost, I mean, I did tear up. I thought it was such a special moment. And she said, you know, if I didn't come to this, I never would have went to that. And I wouldn't be here uh, at a major blockchain conference, meeting all these people and kind of expanding my network and, you know, taking advantage of all these opportunities. So um, <laughs> I don't want to say relocate, but uh, if you're in a small town and you, and you want to kind of start a community, you might uh find a way online to start you know nft community for people in small towns who don't have access to a major city or or kind of whatever i would start i would start online 
get creative, have fun with it. But uh, yeah, take a pilgrimage every once in a while. If there's a, a blockchain conference or an NFT party or something, um, take that drive or take that bus and, and go have an adventure and stay stay somewhere fun in a, in a major city and, and meet a whole bunch of new people. Who knows? Maybe that will make, make you uh, take that permanent plunge. But um, yeah, I feel I feel the pain. If I didn't have access to, to this, I, I would definitely be kind of, you know, scratching, scratching at my blood and my bones trying to figure out how to, to, to satisfy that itch. So uh, good luck. Good luck. Yeah, awesome. So there you go. Even if you can't find anyone else in your town, just get a bunch of people together who, like you, are in small towns because, yeah, solidarity is where power is, right? So this oh, yeah. leads me perfectly into the next question. How can being active in an NFT community help my career? Um, I think just being active in a community has gotten a lot of opportunities for a lot of people around uh, at our events. We've seen um, businesses started. We've seen people hire each other. People invest in each other's projects. So it's pretty, I think that one's a pretty, pretty obvious just being in the right room at the right time and that's like the IRL kind of thing but but even you know talking to the right people in discord you might you know meet somebody who you start a business with or you might um, find a really unique investment opportunity um, or you know find your the first the person to to buy your first piece of art your one of one nft um, but yeah i think like anything it's it's just obvious if you're if you're in a room with a bunch of people, especially a bunch of people smarter than you are, and that's kind of my favorite part about being in in our community, is uh, all the brilliant minds that uh, I get to to pick at and and talk to all the time. Yeah, the opportunities will come for business, for art, for you know maybe even love. It's uh, you know being in a good room is is a is a great place to start any um, any any venture. You mentioned love, but I'm going to refrain from asking if this has been the case for you as well. So is there any kind of NFT romance coming up? But for sure, this is not the scope of this interview. So I will <laughs> refrain from asking. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you anyway. I am definitely in the group of uh, when I bring up NFTs, my girlfriend wants to punch me in the neck. So definitely not. <laughs> Well, you know, we can't win them all, right? They will come a yeah. time when mass adoption means they can no longer ignore it. But for now, yeah, let's just go stay in our own lane. And when they're ready to come around, they will. <laughs> so this brings us to the end of our time together today. Galen, thank you so much for lifting the hood on NFTO and the valuable work that you are doing for NFTs in the local Canadian ecosystem in Toronto. I think it's really cool to hear just how these IRL communities are flourishing, going from strength to strength, uh, supporting each other, but at the same time contributing, of course, to this larger global ecosystem. So please do keep us posted on what is next. Uh, and on that note, how can listeners stay up to date with what you guys are up to? Um, yeah, I, was, I would say follow our, our Twitter when it gets <laughs> unsuspended. Oddly enough, oh yeah, if anybody wonders why I'm tuning in from my personal account, last night when I was getting uh just set up trying to find the uh the twitter spaces for today i realized my uh, our business account was suspended for no good reason i'm sure but um yeah follow us on uh instagram if you kind of uh if you want to join our 
one of some more of our private groups, um, just shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. But um, Instagram right now is uh, NFT Toronto six, or just search NFTO in um, in Instagram. And on our Twitter, just uh, wait wait in the wings, and and we'll open it up again. But uh, you can also find our link tree uh, link tree slash NFTO, and and there's lots of options to stay in touch and uh we like to keep everybody updated no matter what their medium is for social media so yeah link tree slash awesome. nfto we will also uh we will also make that available in the show notes and yeah this you know this idea of twitter and gatekeeping even your own account from you always just brings to mind how important it is for us to decentralize these <laughs> Web3, I mean, the Web3 platforms that are decentralized is where we should be spending our time. And instead, of course, we are still on these legacy Web2 systems where our data is not our own and even our accounts are not our own. Um, I know. It always comes back to decentralization. Let's do right? it. Right? <laughs> so to our amazing audience, thank you so much for investing an hour of your day to explore the future of NFTs with us. If you would like to see more local community showcases, let us know and we will try our best to make it happen. So on that note, guys, catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adluna. Cheers. Thanks, Thank you Gannon. so much for having Have me. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.